Is it important that the Bible is inspired? Welcome to the Radio Bible Course. Today we're going to discuss the need for inspiration. We don't want to believe the Bible if it is not inspired. If it is a book written by human authors, then it cannot claim to be the Word of God. Is there a need for inspiration? Well, inspiration ensures man of an accurate message in spite of the human writers. Inspiration involves two parties, the Creator, who Jesus declared is a spirit, and man, the imperfect mortal. Now, in a way, that's bad news when it comes to the Bible because we can't see or find a spirit. We can't see God. In man's search, the best he can discover in the heavens and on earth are evidences of God, but no physical form to behold. Not having seen God and not having heard him firsthand, how can we be certain of his desires, his will, and his plans for this world? God has not placed the burden of discovery of the Creator on man or on angels. Instead, he has chosen to reveal himself so we might know that he exists. Then, to know him and to know what he has done in history and what has been divinely planned for the future. Someone might say, well, that's well and good, but how has God done this? By the communicating power of his Spirit who has made a full revelation of the Father. God purposed a message. His purposes cannot fail. The Bible is the result of this inspiring and supervising work of the Holy Spirit. I recently read an editorial in the campus newspaper at Louisiana State University, and it said, The Bible is God's Word, but men wrote it, and anything that man writes can't be completely accurate. The question before us is this. Must the Bible be inaccurate because human authors were used to write it? Is God not able to preserve truth beyond the initial breathing of his thoughts into man? Must everything be corrupted by humanity? No. The God who gave Isaac to Sarah, who chose Jacob over Esau, who controlled Pharaoh and fulfilled hundreds of prophecies, can use man for his purposes, and he can control the man he uses to ensure accuracy in transmission. What purpose would God possibly have in inspiring a message to man if that message became garbled by human activity in recording it? Must God's purpose fail? Well, of course not. God is able to give men a message and to control them so they can speak His exact message. The Bible teaches that Jesus was born of a woman, yet He was the Son of God. Now, because a human woman brought Him into the world, some people would expect that He became corrupted or tainted by this human connection. 
but he was not. The Bible tells us that he was God the Son, born without sin. The Bible says he was divine as well as sinless. His deity was not diminished, not even to the slightest degree by his birth. As Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. God brought forth his Son, Jesus Christ, in the normal way, through a woman. But this child of God was not conceived in the normal way. Mary conceived because of the activity of the Holy Spirit of God, who fulfilling the Old Testament brought forth the Messiah. Jesus was born of a virgin. God brought him forth of a woman to fulfill prophecy in the Old Testament that said, A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, that is, God with us. And just as Jesus came into the world uncorrupted by the human connection, so we should not entertain the possibility that errors are to be expected in the Bible because men were the instruments of that transmission. The real question is this. Is God powerful enough to control the mind and the tongue of a man to pass along a message from heaven without error? Well, if a man could not do that, then we may as well discredit all the things which Jesus said also. Jesus also was a man, although a God-man. Now, some students might say, oh, he's powerful enough to control man's tongue and his mind, but did God do so? Did God control the prophets in giving us the Bible? Over half of the conservative ministers in the country today are not certain of the inerrancy of the Bible. If the Bible is not inerrant, then the Bible does have error. And a recent poll revealed that over a half of those ministers who claim to believe the Bible are not sure that the Bible is without error. The biblical evidence for God's control of the prophets to ensure inerrancy is seen in a number of passages, beginning with the book of Exodus in chapter 4. Listen to what Moses wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, beginning with verse 10. The setting for this scripture is God's selection of Moses to lead the people. And in verse 10 of Exodus chapter 4, Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past. Not since thou hast spoken to thy servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him dumb, or deaf, or seeing, or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth, and teach you what you are to say. But he said, Please, Lord, now send a message 
by whomever thou wilt. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. And moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart, and you are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and it shall come about that he shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be as God to him. Now consider what God is saying here to Moses. That first of all, God wanted Moses to speak for God. And Moses was reluctant to do it because of his speech problem. And so God said, well, then we'll let your brother Aaron be the spokesman, but I'm going to speak to you, Moses, and you are going to speak to him, and the result will be the same. He said, you shall be to Aaron as God. That is, you'll take my word and speak it to Aaron, and it will be my word when he speaks it. Now, that's God's control over his own word and the inspiration process. What God has to say is so important that God must guard what he says to make sure that nothing is lost in the transmission of that divine message. We need a message from God, and God fortunately has given it to us in his word. We can trust it because it has come guarded by the Spirit. In the same chapter, Exodus 4, we read in verse 28, And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord which he had sent him, and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the sons of Israel, and Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. He then performed the signs in the sight of the people. Now notice the text tells us that Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Here is the guarding of the inspiration process to make sure that the exact words which God wanted said would be said. He didn't give an approximation of what God said. Aaron spoke the word of God just as it came out of the mouth of God and was given to Moses and then relayed on to Aaron, his brother. What did the Israelites think about this message which came from God? Did they believe that Aaron was speaking for God? I think they did, because the text tells us that Aaron did the signs which God gave him. There was not only a revelation, there were also signs. And the signs were evidence of God's visitation on these people. We find something similar in the book of Acts when Paul went on his first missionary journey with Barnabas. They came to one of the cities. It tells us in Acts chapter 14, 3, that at Iconium, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, 
who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. The reason people there in Iconium could believe the word which Paul and Barnabas were preaching is because there were signs and wonders done, and these were given to confirm that the word had come from heaven. It was an assurance to those people who didn't know Paul and Barnabas. These men were strangers coming into their city. Why should they believe them? Well, after the signs and wonders done by the hands of these two men, the people accepted that God indeed was speaking through them. That's confirmation of the word of God, and it's a wonderful example of how God has never expected a man to believe something just because it was said. He gave evidence that the word spoken did come from God. That's one of the reasons why Jesus performed so many miracles, to prove that he was God's spokesman. And unless we believe that he is, we will not believe the word which he spoke. We of the Radio Bible Course want most of all to help people to understand the word of God. We encourage people to listen to Bible teaching tapes. And we have some 25 short courses on cassette tape that do just that. They teach. For your free copy of our teaching tapes brochure, write to the Radio Bible Course. Ask for our free teaching tapes brochure. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.